Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. We're excited on the program today to have Ali Auberger, who is the Global Chair of CGNR, Cons- uh, Consumer Goods and Retail, CGNR, for Baker McKenzie. Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So a lot going on in consumer goods and retail right now. We're, um, for everybody's benefit, we're recording on April 15th. So we're in the the midst of the COVID crisis still. um, And uh, many, many changes, of of course, and CGNR is directly at issue for all the changes in the economy. Ali, um, from your perspective, do you think that COVID will um, change the way people shop forever, or is this just a flash in the pan, everything we're experiencing right now? I'd say that from what we're seeing in the market worldwide, and if we take a look at Asia, um, where we're seeing some early early stage, but post-COVID behavior, I think the one big takeaway is obviously that online shopping will remain a thing post-COVID. I, I don't see that going away. I think that Consumers will want to return to a proper brick and mortar shop at some point in time. I think initially there are going to be some health concerns around crowds and you know public places being in, in large populated areas. But even with that, I think that part of the customer spend will nonetheless remain online. So today, you know, we many of us have no other alternative, right? The only thing we can do and the only sort of shopping therapy we can get is online. But I think that that behavior and that sort of no access other than online will alter behavior in a way that the consumer who maybe didn't buy a lot online pre-COVID now is really pretty comfortable with buying just about anything they need to the extent that they can get it. So beyond essential goods online. So, um, I think what that means for brands is they really need to be, they need to set themselves apart the same way they would for the offline experience. Um, so what I would say from a, given this is a tech podcast, uh, the things that I see would, would be, you know, there's the risk of restating the obvious, but if you weren't online before COVID, you better get online quick. And I think you, you need to, even if you might, go in sort of preliminarily during the crisis, you certainly want to um, maintain your market share by backfilling your offline with online. So you need to make sure that it's going to be there during and post COVID. Um, Going back to what I said about, you know, people needing that personal contact and and what we've seen in the physical retail space, um, there's a lot to be said about how people need that human connection. Like sales offline tend to be higher than sales online, but I think what we're going to see coming out of the crisis is a heightened use of AR and and virtual reality so that you might have whatever you want to say, real people. So they would actually be real people doing the online chat, helping with product selection, um, you know, not just being a bot somewhere, but actually having some some human connection and personalized experience. Um, I think we've seen some clients and we've been encouraging clients to think about how they can repurpose sales associates that normally work on the floor to become one of these online advisors or even working on the after-sales service just to to create that personal connection. So I think, again, that's something that is an immediate possibility during COVID, but probably should remain part of your online strategy after the COVID crisis or in the post-COVID world. Um, But then, you know, my caution, but I'm not a 
data privacy person, but my caution is when you say personal attention, whether it's offline or online, you also mean more personal data, more data processing, more data privacy concerns. So I'm not going to go there. I just sort of flag my my health warning, but that's really <laughs> your expertise there. Right. No, that's great. But I mean, I think it's definitely the case. And um, as, as we're looking at it, that we were already in an economy, right, that was uh, going through digital transformation, every industry sector, uh, you know, including especially perhaps uh, CG&R. Um, but I think with COVID, as much as this would have been incomprehensible several months ago, is actually just stomped on the accelerator for that transformation. And I do, and I completely agree that it's going to be, um, and I even love the the detail of, um, you know, AR, VR, you know, real people doing chat. As you were saying that, I could see now where I'm on my my retail site and I'm looking for something. And then it literally is a human being that now pops up in a video chat with me to say, hi, you know, can I help you find something? Oh yeah, here you go. And stuff like that. Even as that might be kind of spooky and strange to us right now, that might be where it actually goes. And then you just bolt on maybe on the delivery side, maybe it's going to be drones and things like that so that it's everything is just sort of more and more automated. And that's kind of the where the way things go. Do you still see, um, uh, and I loved it. You said it, you said it in passing, but you said you're shopping therapy, which I loved. Yeah. So you're shopping therapy, you're doing, you know, sort of online, but, uh, do you, um, do you see what, what do you really see in terms of, and, and of course there's all the data issues you talked about. It's, it's all the data collection use, advertising, um, e-commerce issues, electronic contracting. I mean, just everything in the digital world gets, you know, very rich from a, um, from a, a data and, and uh, compliance and an enforceability perspective, but maybe just to, uh, uh, to, to point it out a little bit more, do you, do you see there's really going to be a spot still for brick and mortar post COVID or do you really think virtually everything is going to go online and virtual or do you, what, what's the place for brick and mortar in a post COVID world? I think there will always be a place for brick and mortar even in a post-COVID world. Um, I mean, I just read that I think MS in China published their highest sales results ever in one day, um, yesterday or the day before. So it, brick and mortar will never go away. And in particular, in you know, I'd say in the luxury sector where people really want to, they, they, they want that experience. And no matter how rich your online experience can be, it's still you know hanging out in your living room as opposed to, having that, you know, coming into a store, having that sort of special experience, buying something really precious, feeling something that's been made by hand, that's probably taken, you know, months, if not close to a year to produce. There's a very rich experience that one can get with with certain luxury items that I, I don't think we'll be able to ever replicate online. But, you know, having said that, I think that online will have a higher percentage of the consumer spend even with brick and mortar. Yeah, I can, that makes good sense. And I can see that completely. And in fact, maybe even in a, in a post COVID world, there's even more connectivity. So if I'm somebody um, who's a, um, a, a frequent shopper, frequent buyer, maybe I bring my phone in, I, I swipe in with my phone and then I get a specialized experience in the store. You know, it leads me right to the things I'm interested in, or, you know, you can see that connecting the online and the in-person as being important. Uh, okay, cool. And then, of course that has, plenty of privacy implications about tracking and, you know, uh, uh, notice and consent and use of data and all those kinds of things. Um, okay. What about other trends? Are there, do you see any other trends coming out of the COVID crisis than what we've already touched on? 
Yeah, I do actually. I, I think that there, it'll be an interesting thing to watch because I think we were we were already seeing pre-crisis a shift towards more conscious consumption. So kind of the less is more philosophy um, that was combined with, I'd say, an enhanced or yeah, an enhanced demand for transparency in the supply chain. So, I, you know, I don't think we're ever going to be a, an industry that moves to a just-in-time type manufacturing process. That's just not the way a good number of the, the products in our sector work. Um, but I do think that there will be more thought given to producing responsibly. So one, one thing I see in, in terms of use of tech would be the use of AI to effectively predict consumer behavior, um, you know, in in a way to limit overproduction. Overproduction has been a huge issue in the recent past. It's it creates huge issues in terms of brand reputation. If you deeply discount, brands don't want to do that. Um, the destruction is a complete non-starter from a consumer and reputational standpoint. So getting demand right um, and and matching that to you know matching production to demand that comes down to less unsold products, less destruction, um, just more conscious production and consumption. So I think, you know, that's, again, a data crunching exercise because you need to be figuring out what the consumer demand is doing and where that's going so that you can produce accordingly. But I think that's something we'll definitely see coming coming out. And then probably another thing that we've started seeing in certain certain parts of the market, notably, I think a lot of shoes and, and some hats and accessories, uh, was the use of 3D printing. Um, this allows not really a just-in-time manufacturing uh, technique, but more of an on-demand. So somebody that's going to produce something very bespoke can do that on a one-off by the use of 3D printing. And that's something we probably didn't imagine you know, a couple years ago. And then finally, um, I would say the use of blockchain to accurately track product throughout its supply chain and be able to substantiate sustainability claims. There's this big demand from the consumer for transparency in the supply chain. Um, consumers are very fed up and very socially active around greenwashing. They will have no issue taking to social media to shame a brand that's greenwashing. So having the blockchain not only allows you to track your product, but it also allows you to substantiate your sustainability claims. And then there's, you know, an ancillary advantage, which is also being able to um, help out in the, in the fight against counterfeits if you're using blockchain appropriately. So I think that's something that, that we can always, we can always use in the sector. And, and I think we will see that going on. Okay, great. Uh, let me ask you one last question. Uh, just in terms of, are there any tips you would give to CGNR, I mean, you, you you went through a whole terrific list of you know important technology, um, AI, uh, and other developments. Big focus on sustainability. Any tips for CGNR companies as they turn into this brave new world we're heading into here? Um, things they should keep in mind, or or a philosophy or approach to these issues. I'd say that you know now is the time. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for all companies, but including in our sector, to get a little more daring on the technology front. Um, again, coming back to that consumer demand for sustainability, you've got a lot of interesting technology out there that allows you to recycle plastics, 
recycle fabrics, uh, avoid destruction, create you know, environmentally friendly packaging. So I think you know making those investments or investing in tech startups, I think that's something that maybe five years ago companies were very hesitant to do because they didn't want to turn into a tech company. But I think the future is now and, and that is the way things are going. Um, similarly, thinking of repurposing urban real estate to allow for local stocking, which then brings up the use of potentially robotics or drone delivery for that last mile delivery, which again is great for the carbon footprint. And it also, you know, it, it allows you to repurpose some of your, your urban space that might not no might no longer be necessary for retail outlets per se. And then, I mean, again, what I said earlier, really think about your online presence and really think about how you can make that online experience as rich as an offline experience so that it complements the two. And you brought up a really good point earlier. It's really that omni-channel, you know, creating a seamless experience from offline to online and online to offline. So I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to be done in the tech space in this industry. So now is the time to get bold. Excellent. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Ali Auberger, our global chair of CGNR here at Baker McKenzie. Thanks so much. We look forward to having you back down the road. Great. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.